Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. Last week was Mother's Day. Last week, I dove into 1 Kings chapter 3, and we started studying Solomon. And I did one of the craziest things, right? On Mother's Day, I talk about prostitute women losing their children and and this crazy environment that was going on there and what happened. And as I was going through that sermon, like really, like literally the middle of the sermon, the Lord said to me, this is what you need to talk about. I said, Lord, I am talking about it. I'm doing it like right now. He's like, no, what you've been thinking of for weeks, it's this same passage. And so from last week to this week, I just couldn't wait to get in front of you and begin to share these thoughts the Lord had shared with me. And I was hoping to plan for it like every day. I was, every day I set aside time to prepare every day. And every day something came up. Something came up. Something came up. And I don't mean like little things like I got to watch something on TV or my kid bumped his toe, although those things happened. What, what happened was all sorts of things. The washing machine goes up. A hose blows up on the inside of my house. Another hose blows up on the outside of my house where there's a crack so the water then comes inside my house. We finally get the washing machines. Thank you, Jesus, for washing machines. The guy hooks them up, and the little part that drains water, instead of putting that where it's supposed to be, he put that inside my house, so the water went everywhere. It's just like, Lord, are you kidding me? When am I going to get to it? And so as I'm you know, preparing this message, and as I'm staying up, and I'm, tr- I'm trying to get my thoughts together, I wasn't able to prepare it the way I normally do. And I was really upset at myself. I wasn't able to put six hours of research that I normally do. And, and the Lord said, it's okay. I got you on this one. So we're going to see how this one goes. I'm really excited about what he's going to say because it's been going on my mind for a while. This message actually started from a quote. It's not a quote from the Bible. It's a modern-day quote. It's a quote from a really successful basketball coach. His name is Doug Collins. You may not know this name. He was the first-round number one draft pick in the 70s. He played basketball. He had multiple championships. He was four times in a row all-star basketball player. He then went on to be a coach of many successful teams. He now is an executive for an NBA team. He knows what he's doing when it comes to sports. And maybe his famous quote was this quote I'm going to share with you. And I've used it myself in sports, but the Lord has made it really clear to me that this was something that we need to to show through the natural how it works in the spiritual. So this quote that he said, it goes like this. Know your role. Stay in your role and star in your role. I'm giving you it all up front. If you fall asleep now, you got the whole message. Know your role, stay in your role, star in your role. Heavenly Father, Lord God, show us in your scripture, show us, Lord, through your prophets and apostles and disciples, show us, Father God, the truth in your word. Use whatever possible the movie Aladdin, use Doug Collins, use basketball, use whatever's in our life to get our attention and show us that truth, Father God, that is there, absolute truth that brings peace, that passes all understanding. 
prepare our lives and our hearts for it. In Jesus' name I pray. And it says, amen, amen. So let's get to the word of God, shall we? It's 1 Kings chapter 3. This is where we're introduced to King Solomon. So I want to, for those of you who weren't here last week, I'll give you a little bit of a spin up. So there was the Jewish people and the Jewish people got enslaved by the Egyptians. And so they were in Egypt for all these years, basically getting tormented. And Moses helped lead them out of Egypt into, quote, the promised land. And they, you know, started spinning around in the uh, wilderness for about 40 years or so. And Moses never quite made it. Joshua then took them across the Jordan River into the promised land. And then they began to set up their people. And, and years and years went on, and there was years and years of judges, and we've talked about this. And out of all of that came King David. Pretty awesome. King David, you know, we've talked about him. He was the guy, David and Goliath, David and Lion. I mean, David, right? You guys know who David is, right? So David, he ends up doing some amazing things. The most important was taking the Ark of the Covenant and bringing it back into Jerusalem. And God told him to build a temple in Jerusalem. He reigned for 40 years. At his 40th year, he had to declare the next king. And he had multiple wives and he had multiple children. And there's a, a hierarchy with the children, right? Firstborn son becomes king. Well, the firstborn son did a lot of bad, and he was dead, so he couldn't be king. So then there's other sons. There was the next son who was next in line. He wanted to be king. But David said, you aren't going to be king because God is going to determine who is going to be king. God is going to speak to me. So God spoke to David, and David then told his wife that his youngest son, Solomon, would be king. Solomon became king. He was the guy who built the actual temple in Jerusalem. He was the one with the gold, the, the picture I keep showing you and all of that. And the Ark of the Covenant that went into it, that was King Solomon. You guys know him as the wisest man who ever lived. And so last week, I introduced you, I invited you into the scene of King Solomon when he, as his first task as a public ruler, sat on the throne and they brought these two women, both claiming to be the mother of the same child. And you guys know it's a famous, famous story. He has to determine who's the mother. And so he says, split the child. And we, we did this last week. It was crazy, right? I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And could you imagine the centurions when they, he's like, Solomon, you want me to bring you a sword? Like, that's a baby. Like, you want me to bring you a sword? Like, yeah. And he ends up figuring it out and, and you guys remember that story from last week. So that's King Solomon. I'm going to start with know your role. Know your role. So let's take sports, for instance. Sports. Well, if you're on a sports team, let's say, like, let's take my daughter. It's the first thing that came to mind. Madison plays lacrosse. She's on attack. She stays on one side of the field. She's supposed to stay on one side of the field and get the ball when it's on that side of the field and shoot it in the goal. If the ball's on the other side of the field, she's supposed to be paying attention for the ball coming. If she's not doing one of those two things, she's not doing her job. If she's playing in the grass, if she's got her stick on the ground and she's doing this, if the ball comes rolling right by her and she doesn't even notice, the team suffers 
and they'll tell her that. If the goalie doesn't actually protect the goal, the team suffers. If the goalie decides to take the ball up and do Madison's job and run downfield and try to score and misses and the ball falls out, somebody's going to run down and score real easily because no goalie. You need to know your role. It's very important in sports. That's where this quote originally came from. Everybody has a role in their sports team. This applies to everything. The other day, we were, this was wintertime, we were getting some wood delivered to our house. You know, it's kind of like there's these two terms that you need to learn as you become a homeowner. Yard is one of them, and I'm not talking about the grass. It's like how much material gets dumped. One yard is a lot of material, by the way. There's another term you need to learn, cord. You see, cord is a amount of wood. It's not one little stack of wood. It's a lot of wood. I didn't realize how much wood, so I got two cords of wood dropped at my house, and it felt like four weeks of work to move it. And so my kids and I were out there moving it, and we were all picking up a couple pieces. It was taking so long and forever, and I was just wearing down, and, and I came up with the system. I said, Madison, how about you put the wood in this thing and, and stack it up, then Lance, you hand me the wood, then I move the wood, and we'll create an assembly line. Each one of us has a role. Well, we started about five minutes into that, and everyone wanted to pick up wood and carry it. So I keep coming back, and there's no wood ready. So I got to pick it up and keep going. To me, it was taking forever. And eventually, Madison said, I know my role, Dad. I'll stack the wood. Lance, you pick up the wood. Dad, you carry the wood. And I tell you, they got the system going, and we got that wood moved in no time. It was awesome. Matter of fact, little Griffin, he knew his role. He came in and just started encouraging. You could do it, Dad. 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 Everyone knew their role. One more example. I'm just making sure you get it. One of my kids who shall remain nameless, maybe even wasn't one of my kids. Maybe this is a fictitious story that I just have a lot of passion about. I don't know. They wanted to do a science project, and they said they're all coming over to my house to work on the science project as a team, and they were going to do it. Each one of them had a role, right? One does the research, one does the thing, one does that, one does this. So they're supposed to be there about... Two o'clock after church, two o'clock comes and goes. It's just Austin, one of his friends. By three o'clock, it's just Austin, some is one of his friends. By four o'clock, the other group shows up. They come. I'm outside doing something. In about 15, 20 minutes, they're gone. They came and they left. I'm like, Austin. Oh, I'm sorry. Maybe it wasn't Austin. I say, kids, how are you going to do it as a team when one of you have been here for like three hours and the other one was here for like 15 minutes? The other student didn't know their role. In fact, the other student probably didn't even care what their role was. What is important about knowing your role? You need to know what the objective is. You need to know what the most important thing is to accomplish your role. When you know your role, you can do your role. You can believe in your role. This is all throughout the Bible. So now, let's look at King Solomon. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 7. Now, oh Lord my God, you have made me king. So let me just put this in perspective. He was about Austin's age. Austin's age. He wasn't 40. He wasn't 30. He wasn't maybe even 20. He's about a teenager. And he says, you made him king. His father was still alive at this point. King David was king. And now this little kid who nobody knows, God made king. He knew his role. You made me king instead of my father, David. But I am like a little child who doesn't know his way around. The first thing to know about your role is knowing what you have to do and knowing you maybe can't do it. Lord, how am I going to do this? How can I possibly do this job? How can I walk in the footsteps of my father? Madison, how could I score this goal and play lacrosse? I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just learning. How can I move all this wood? It's too heavy. It's too much. How can I do this project when no one's helping me. See, 
the first part about knowing your role, what happens to all of us, is once you actually look at your role in your life, you look at what you're doing at home, what you're doing at work, what you're doing at church, you start adding it all up, you look at your role, usually what comes to mind is inadequacy. Fear, doubt, uncertainty. I can't do this. This is too much. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do? How am I going to do this? The same thing happened to King Solomon right here. Look at the next thing he said in verse 8. And here I am in the midst of your own chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. The point here, when you establish your role, when you know your role at work, at home, at church, in your community, in your neighborhood, when you really know your role, when you assess it, you take a look at it, what you will discover very quickly, if you're a Christian, what you will discover is that God has created opportunity for you all around. There is opportunity for you all around. Opportunity only you can harness. Opportunity no one else can do but you because God put you in the spot you are in, in the situation, in the home life, in the work life, in the neighborhood, in the community life, in the church life, that you are in. Only you fit all those criteria and you have opportunity all around. God has given you this opportunity. When this king stopped looking at himself and stopped looking at the fact that he couldn't do it, he looked all around and what did he see? All of God's people. He said, wow, my opportunity here is limitless. I now know my role. You don't need to be king to have a limitless opportunity. God will use you in your opportunity that you have right now. How many people do each one of you come in contact with every day? in all that you do. What is your role when you come into contact with them? What is your role when you're at work, when you're at home, when you're in your neighborhood? What is your role? To me, this is the first part to believing in what you're doing is to know where you're at today. Amen? Are you tracking? You're tracking? Okay. The next part of this is equally important. Knowing your role, I can sit down and have a conversation with you and we can talk about your marriage or your kids or your single life or your school. I'm looking at this person here because that's the way it is. Nobody is thinking I'm talking about them. This person. And we can talk about your job. We can talk about all those things and we can come up through counseling and whatnot and find out exactly what your role is. We can, we can come up with the objectives and we can talk about all those things, how to succeed in it. We can talk about it. But what we can't do is I can't convince you because you have to do it on your own is believe in your role enough to stay in your role. This seems so obvious, but it is so hard in church life today. Even me, I fall prey to this. We get up and we want to get excited. We want to say, take you to the next level. Promotion is coming. I've said it. We all say it. There are times where that is true. Promotion is coming. The next level is coming, but there is a process to go through. The Bible is very clear. You're going to see it again here. The process requires you, wherever you are right now, to know your role and to stay in it. Because if you can't get that part down, why in the world would the Lord move you to another role? You ain't going to stay in that one because it ain't good enough. So you want this role. You try this for a while, ain't good enough. Let's go over here to this role. This didn't work. Ain't good. You know what? There are no roles in here for me. Let's try another church. Or another marriage. Or another school. Or another job. Are you following? Maybe. You see, stay in your role. Let, let's talk about work for a second. It's not just, well, I need a new job. It could be, it could be the role you're at at your employer today. Whatever it is. 
Because this is an American thing, so I'm talking to mostly Americans here today. So look, when we're in our jobs, we got this thing where we got to excel in our role, we got to prepare for the next role, and if we don't get the next role, we're somehow failing, we're somehow not doing good enough, and, and so we're constantly egging for the next role. We look at our bosses, I can do your job, we look at their bosses, I can do your job, you know, and we think to ourselves, what do I have to do to be in the next role? Here's the problem with that. There's nothing wrong with preparation. There's nothing wrong with dressing for the next opportunity, being prepared for the next opportunity. But if your focus is so much on the next opportunity, how much are you giving to the current one? How could you possibly say you're giving your all as unto the Lord, the Bible says. The Bible says to do as unto the Lord, to work with all of your strength and all of your heart and what you're doing as unto the Lord. How could you do that if you're focused on your next role? You have to stay in the role that you're in that shows commitment. You believe in it. Lord, I'm committed to where you have me right now, and I'm going to do it. The grass isn't always greener, and yet we always feel rushed to move on. Why is that? I think it's because we're American. I don't know. So let's look back at this Austin project. I'm sorry. My my one one of this fictitious story here. So they're working on the project very easily. When the team rolled out, he could have just been like, or she, whoever the person is, could have been like, I'm quitting. I'm not doing this. It's a team project. I'm not doing it. We'll just all fail together. That was an option. The other option is, is he can know his role, stay in his role. His job was to finish the little, you know, thing, and he could finish that thing and do what he's supposed to do, and he could do that. He had an option. He had a choice. Stay in his role or choose to quit his role. The Bible has characters all through it that explain this. All through it. Take any one. Let's start with the biggest, most popular character in the Bible, Jesus Christ. Did he know his role? Oh, he knew his role very clearly. In fact, when did he start ministering in his role? 33 years. Not 18, not 20, not 21. He was 33 years old when he started ministering. Everyone wanted him to do all this stuff when he was younger. He knew his role. My role is to, is to prepare myself for my ministry at 33. He then took a year to minister, and he stayed in that role despite all of the consequences. He stayed in that role. In fact, you know, you think it's all great for Jesus. You know, he couldn't even preach in his hometown, in his home city. The people who love him the most, that's like, that's like me trying to preach to you guys and say, I won't have you. You got to go to another church. Could you imagine? How would I feel? That's what Jesus, he kicked them out. He could have chosen another role. He stayed in his role. I mean, there are so many Bible examples of this, of characters. Joseph, how about Joseph? Good Lord. He's the one, you know, they threw in a ditch and they put him into slavery and then the Pharaoh's wife, uh, Potiphar's wife, and then, you know, all, he knew his role. His role was to stay the course. How about Jonah? Jonah, he had plenty of opportunity. He tried to quit a couple times. You saw what happened with him. He's like, I don't even want this role. I'd rather jump into the water than have this role. I'd rather drown. Whale swallows them up. I'd rather be eaten. The whale spits them out. I'd rather do all these other things. The Lord says, I'm, you're going to stay in your role. Job. How about Job? There's literally 30 chapters of him enduring his role. 30 chapters. What is the secret to staying in your role? What is it? What is it? Commitment, see, that's an, it's an American thing. You know, I think you know, that word commitment's not, it's not even in the Bible. At least I don't remember. I have to look. But there's something really clear that I've noticed in 1 Kings, and I noticed with all these other Bible stories when I look at it. I'm going to show you. 
it goes back to the question I asked you. Now you see it all come together. If you could have one wish, what would it be? And I guarantee it wouldn't be, my wish, my wish, Lord, is that I could stay in my role forever. I would never grow, never get promoted, nothing would progress, I could just stay here. That's my wish. No, that wouldn't be your wish. Many people have taken God up on this. It's all throughout Scripture. But it's not anywhere as clear as it is in 1 Kings. It couldn't literally be more clear. I'll look, I'll show you. I need my glasses. Okay, 1 Kings, it says here. Okay, verse 7. Now, O Lord, you have made me a king instead of my father David, but I'm like a little child who doesn't know his way around. And here I am in the midst of your chosen people, a nation so great and numerous they cannot be counted. Verse 9, give me an understanding heart so that I can govern your people well and know the difference between right and wrong for who by himself is able to govern these great people. Did you see that? What did he ask for? He asked for wisdom. Godly wisdom. Now, why is this important? You can go right back to verse, what is it, 4? God literally says this, verse 5. The Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream and said, what do you want? Anything, ask, and I will give it to you. I need to read it again. Okay, right here. Solomon in 1 Kings 3, verse 5. That night the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, What do you want? Anything, ask, and I will give it to you. That's in the Bible. God said anything you want. And what did he ask for? He asked for godly wisdom. This is really important. Why did he ask for godly wisdom? He could have asked for riches. He could have asked for long life. He could have asked for health. He could have asked for many wives, many children. All these things have been asked for in Scripture many, many times. Why did he ask for godly wisdom? Let me phrase it to you this way. I know people who've been in really difficult jobs, really difficult situations, and when they go to ask God for prayer, you know what they say? Lord, get me out of this situation. Okay, let me rephrase it for First Kings now. It's equivalent to saying, God saying, Solomon, you're going to be king. What do you want? Solomon says, I want you to do it all for me, Lord. Can you just be king for me? Can you just do it? You see, he didn't ask for God to do his job for him. He asked for God to work through him. It's so simple. It's not what God can do for you. It's what God can do through you. And asking God for wisdom allows him to work through you here on earth so his will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are you tracking? God has put you where you are today, and he will use you where you are today if you ask him to. If you stay in your role, ask for wisdom, the opportunities are endless. What's the problem? The problem is, is that like 99% of human beings are the opposite of this. What do you mean? Well, let's go back and look at the scripture. So if you go back to the first chapter of Kings, it's two chapters before this one, that son, the one that was ready to be king, his name was Adinijah. I think that's how you say it. A lot of people pronounce it different ways. But Adinijah, he was in line to be king, and he knew that David wasn't going to make him king. So he's like, what am I going to do here? Look at what the scripture says. He says, about that time, David's son, Adinijah, began boasting. I'm sure you've heard this before. I will make myself king. I don't need God to give me a role. I don't need you to give me a role. I, boss, man, you don't need to tell me what to do. I know what to do on this job. I do it better than you do. I'm going to do it myself. 
Matter of fact, I'm going to do your job for you too. So he provided himself with chariots and charioteers and recruited 50 men, look at this one, to run in front of him. What I find fascinating about this? If this guy could find 50 men and 50 chariots to run in front of him, then why couldn't he use those people to do the job he already had? Why is he trying to do some job he doesn't have? He, he wants to move on to the next role. Why? Because it's prestigious. Why? Because it's fame and glory. Why? Because it's what he wants. Why? Because it's on all of our minds. What else does God have for us? What's the next thing? If God, you aren't going to give it to me fast enough, I'm going to take it. I'm going to do it myself. It's what you call self-appointed. And you know what happened? Self-defeated. He didn't last very long. He lasted like, I don't know, another two chapters. And then um, King Solomon became king for real. And he said to Abdinajah, he's like, I'm going to deal with you. And then, of course, Abdinajah's like, no, please don't kill me. I'll be better. I'll be good. He's like, okay, well, I have the heart of God, so I'll be nice to you. It's all good. Then Abdinajah ran away. And, of course, his heart was like, I'm going to go get you. And then he set up a new plan to become king. Right? And it's a total soap opera. If you like soap operas, he gets a woman involved with his mother, and they get this whole story, and they go to try to trick King Solomon, but he's wise, and he's like, oh, no, you didn't. Now I'm, now I'm really going to do it. And he takes him out. So then he's dead by chapter 3. I'm just, it's crazy. You just got to read it. My point is the wisdom. Stay in your role. Know, know your role. Stay in your role. Now, here is the most beautiful part. Are you ready? This is what I was, the whole sermon is to say this right here. Star in your role. Be the best version of yourself where you are right now. Be the best version of yourself. First, this means whether it's ministry, whether it's marriage, whether it's your job, whether it's your child or you're doing chores, don't slack. God didn't create slackers. Don't complain. That, that's not the best version of yourself, and you know it when you're doing it. Believe me, I, I'm speaking to myself. Yesterday, I complained a lot, hence this sermon. I wasn't starring in my role yesterday, but today, I'm getting it together. And don't deprecate your role. I hate this. You know, deprecate, people use this term like self-deprecating to make fun of themselves. Deprecating is to break down something, to break down your own role. My, you know, my job's not very important. It's not, it's, it's not that good. It's not a big deal. Anybody can do it. It's not true. It's not. If anybody could do it, they'd be doing it. You're doing your role. You're doing the situation you're in right now. You are doing your job. And mm, so much to say, and I don't have so little time. The Bible says to do the best we can as unto the Lord do the best you can in your situation. To star in your role, it's easy. Know it. Lord, here's my opportunity. Stay in it. Father, I need the skills. Give me wisdom. And here's how you star in it. Ready? The Lord's going to do all those things for you. Then actually do it. Do it. Use it. Use what God has given you. The talents, the skills, the giftings. Use it. Use it. It sounds so easy, right? King Solomon was given wisdom. The, literally the next hour, these two women come and say, who's going to raise this child? Kind of a really important decision. Am I going to get the right mother to raise the right child? Or, or am I going to kill this baby? He had an opportunity 
to just roll out on them. He had an opportunity to just put them both in prison. Who knows? He used his wisdom. He asked for it, and then he used it. So many times we fall short. We pray, we pray, we pray. God puts us in an opportunity. He gives us what we need, and then we just sit there. Use what God has given you in your role today and star in it. Amen. A couple thoughts I had here I just wrote down. One more trick here about using things. It becomes very hard if you don't prioritize your time. You want to do things well in your role, whatever role it is. Prioritize your situation. Put God first. Ask him in the morning when you, before you go to work, when you're about to do a job. I ask God to help me in everything I do. If I'm performing a speech at work, I ask God to help me. If I'm going to a meeting at work, I ask God to help me. When I leave that meeting, whoever's names, if I can remember them, I pray for them, ask God to bless them. When I go in and I come out, any company I go into, when I'm doing the yard work, I ask, I, I, Lord, bless the lawnmower, bless the chainsaw. Last thing I need is to chop something off. Lord, please prioritize him. Yeah, I'll tell you something else. I just can't help myself. You know, I didn't understand all this. Not at all. When I was young and growing up, like I constantly was, was vying for the next role, constantly vying for the next job, constantly accelerating, constantly. And look, a lot of it was on my own strength. I was pushing the situation. And I did well for myself in short periods of time, and I was happy about that. But I tell you what, once I got a hold after I had my children and I, you know, I really prioritized my family and my life and prioritized ministry, I tell you, the last, I don't know, seven or eight years of my ministry, particularly the last four being here at Kingsway, my professional career has taken off. It's like I put less time into it. I prioritize God over my job. I'm not doing less at work. I'm very much focused and doing what I'm supposed to do at work. But then I leave it and I focus on my family and my ministry. And my job has taken off. Why is that? Because God blesses those who star in their role. And your role, before you are a worker, before you are in ministry, your role is as a husband or a wife, or your role is as a man of God or a woman of God, and then your role is to honor him in all you say and do. It's that order. The first thing, to honor God. It's so simple. Amen? couple verses here, and then I'm going to close out here. So I want to make sure this is coming from the Word of God, so let me show you this. Star in your role. What did Solomon do? Well, in chapter 3, he used that wisdom, and it said, when all Israel heard the king's decision or heard the king's wisdom, the people were in all of the king, for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. What does this mean to you? When you stay in your role and you use what God has given you, whatever your role is, everyone around will see it. And when you point them to God, they will give God the glory and honor for what he's doing in your life. It's right there. He had, I mean, just 20 verses ago, he's like, I'm a little baby. I don't know what I'm doing. 20 verses later, they're like, in awe of this little kid. Because of him? No. Because he's using God's wisdom and he's starring in his role. Look, I got to share it with you. It wouldn't be fair if I just give you all the good stuff and not the bad. I'm not going to end on a bad note, but I got to share it with you. I wish Solomon was able to do this through the rest of his life. He also had 40 years of ministry. Were they all great? No. What happened to Solomon? The same thing that happens to all of us, which is why we need a sermon like this today. What happens? Let's take a look. Chapter 11. He didn't get very far. In this way, Solomon did what was evil in the Lord's sight. He refused to follow the Lord completely. It ain't easy to start in your role. 
It ain't easy to put God first. It ain't easy to ask for wisdom and use it. It just isn't easy. If it was, everyone would be doing it. But the Bible is full of tons of people who struggled, like Jonah, like Joseph, like Jacob, like Job, like Jesus. Jesus knew his role. It's why he didn't call down 10,000 angels. Starring in his role meant suffering for you and I. And he did it. One last words of wisdom before I close out here. I've learned something in sports. I've learned it. In my job, I've learned it. In my family, I've learned it. You know when you're ready for promotion? When you're a star in the role you're in right now. When you shine so bright in the role you're in right now, when you've mastered your role and shining like a bright star, then God will move you. If you can't shine the role you're in, what makes you think you can shine in that role? And if you think that your role isn't right for you or your role's not purpose fit for you or you're not talented enough or you don't have the right gifts, who's to say you're going to have all that when you get to that role? So the Lord wants to know, are you capable of using what you got right now so when I give you that, you can use that tomorrow? Let that sink in for a second. And this applies to everyone. Thank you, Jesus. Know your role, stay in your role, star in your role. You can't star in your role unless you stay in it. You can't star in your role while you're staying in it unless you know what you're supposed to be doing. There are plenty of people in the basketball court, Matt, that are playing the role of this position or that position and have no clue what they're doing. They're not helping anybody. And they may have a good shot or a good pass. It ain't helping anybody until they know what their job is. That's why we're so hard on Austin when we play with him. Church, I'm telling you, God today, he wants somebody in this building to hear. Where you're at right now is where you're supposed to be. You need to stay in that role, and you need to learn how to star in that role because he's got something for you to do right now. He ain't waiting for tomorrow or next month or next year. He wants to use you right now now. This is what the Lord put on my heart today. There's a couple roles that I want to call out specifically. As I was thinking about today and as I was thinking about the roles in the church, there's a couple of them that are really top of mind for me. And there's all of you sitting out there. Number one, there's a role that I want to make sure we call out today. There's a number of widowers here. Some have been a widower for many years, some more recently. No one wants to be a widower. No one wants to stay a widower, and certainly no one wants to star as a widower. But I tell you, ladies, there is so much glory waiting for you. God has something in store for you that no other woman in this building could do because you are a widower and you are all over this place. I pray today that you would get a hold of that and our more seasoned widowers would take a hold of some of our younger widowers and they would get together and show them how to star in their role because God has something for you. He did not forget about you. Do you hear me? Young mothers, it is not easy raising little children young fathers it is not easy figuring out what to do and how to do it star in your role talk to other men talk to other women 
come to the marriage conference. Do what you have to do to figure out how to star in your role as a young spouse. Prayer warriors, where are you? It's time to rise up. There's so many of you that can pray and pray and pray. It's time to not just know it, not just stay in it, but it's time to star in your role. We have a prayer room that is waiting for you. We have a prayer class that is waiting for you. Prayer warriors, it's time to rise up and star in your role. And it ain't just you. What about ministry leads? They're all over this building. All of you are involved in something in this church, some way in some capacity. It's time for you to know what that is. Stay in it. Don't ask for something else and star in what you're doing. The Lord will figure out the rest. We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.